Hi, and welcome to the Forever Grind. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew Tekia, and this is the lovely... Angela Brown. This is our first podcast, as far as I know. We do this in our sleep. Yeah, well, it's the first one we've hit record on. Well, it's technically, it's the second one we've hit record on. The first, <laughs> the first one, well, we don't talk about that. <laughs> but it was just testing, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, we thought uh, we'd start this podcast off by um, just letting you know who we are and uh, why we're doing this and mm. why we love games. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I guess we thought that maybe people might be interested in our hot take on things and I'm very ready to be proven wrong because I think I'll be wrong. But I'd, I'd never try and prove you wrong. Yeah, so get ready for hot doses of, uh, of gender roles for sure. And... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what's the word? Uh, circumvent? No, not circumvent. I'm gonna like change expectations. There's a word and I can't find it. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's called getting off topic in the first minute of the podcast. But, uh, but I guess we're getting older in the games, in kind of the gaming industry demographics. We're in the coming into the top bracket of. But we were there, I guess, when games started, really. I mean, you were playing them and you had a computer and you had consoles before anyone I know, that's for sure. Um, and I didn't have them, but I wanted them. <laughs> but by the time I had enough money, I bought them all. Um, but, you know, we've loved games since we were kids and we still do. And now we have child who loves them too. And mm. so I guess we're, we've loved, we have the take of loving games since we were kids, but now, you know, what does it look like now, I guess, in this day and age? And then with your own children and how do you tackle gaming topics and ideas and things like that when you've got kids and then when you're married, when you're married and all you seem to do is talk about this kind of stuff and no one understands what they're saying half the time, mm. I guess, except for people who are, like, into gaming. Yes. Um... Hmm. I mean, make much sense? You always make perfect sense. <laughs> right. Um, I, yeah, look, I'll just give a brief, quick rundown. Um, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, I can remember my first um, first gaming console that came home, my parents brought home, and, you know, it just plugged into your TV and it played various versions of Pong. That was great. I remember going to the arcades as a kid. I remember... Um, getting a NES for the first time or an Atari 2600. And so my love of games has just been throughout the ages. Didn't matter whether it was console or if it was PC or, you know, whatever. Um, I just love games and I love talking about them. Mm. And uh, I've talked so much about them to you that I need to talk to the rest of the world now about them. <laughs> and we think you might be interested. I've got things to say and I, I, I'm hoping there's at least one person out there that wants to hear it. Because <laughs> you might have been sick and tired of hearing it by now. Oh, look, that's that's all right. Well, as you can tell, we're married. We've been together for a long time. So, um, mm. you know, this is the kind of stuff we I talk about amongst ourselves. Yeah, and so um, we're, we're hoping that, you know, we can talk about um, what games are coming out, what things we've been playing, uh games that are important to us or things that we see around games that are interesting. Um, yeah, just just our kind of take on 
video games in general. We don't have a, a particular niche that we want to focus on. You know, we want to talk about it all. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to do some fun segments and things like that, you know, and we'll talk, you know, we'll touch on game news. We'll touch on our views, what we think, the kind of stuff we're playing, um, what we think is good, what we think is rubbish. Mm, um, I've got strong feelings on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what we're observing even as our, our kid plays games and how the next generation consume gaming. Mm. Um, so we'll talk about all kinds of things. Well, you've got a few good stories to tell. You've had some interesting experiences along the way. I have. I have. Um, I've worked in video games, so I'm the only one who's worked in it. You've played in I've video played games in more, video games a and long time. And you're a video game champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not, but I have worked in video games. Let's not throw words around. Just for a little bit. Yeah. So, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's our learned perspective mm. is that we do have some learned perspective behind us i guess yeah um so you know we'll have some regular reoccurring segments we'll talk about news for example so um maybe maybe we should jump right into it and, and talk about gaming news um i'll throw over to you first do you have anything that you know that's going on that you want to talk about um well for news wise this week this mm. is where you come in because you spend around, I don't know, maybe eight hours a week consuming gaming news. That's just cool. I'm sitting on the couch and I just don't want to do anything. That's not necessary. <laughs> She's not wrong, but yeah. But you have been playing Final Fantasy this week. I have. So it, I have. Came, out, it came out about a week ago. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a good game. It's a good game. There you go. There's my racist take for this week. Uh, I am Italian. I get to do it. Uh, I'm not, so I don't. No, but unless she has I to say play. I'm being Super Mario, and then it's okay. I wasn't being Mario. I was just being a caricature. Yeah, in my kind of. Um, anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy 16. Um, I think I have played all 16 of them, so I have <laughs> have an opinion here. Um, I like it better than the last one. They've obviously gone for a more... Um, they've focused it more on um, Western tastes. I know that's a, that's a catch-all phrase. But uh, they've, they've dropped the turn-based stuff, so it's sort of like 15 where it had an open world where you could go around and you can... Uh, actively participate in fighting. It's, it's even gone down more that path now. Um, so there's no endless fetch quests? Oh, mate, there are so many fetch quests. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you that I skip the dialogue on all. I don't generally skip dialogue in RPGs and stuff like that. Like I could play, always do. I could play Mass Effect again today, and I won't skip the dialogue because I enjoy the banter, right? But I got to the point now where I will watch every single little bit of cutscene when it's related to the grand, epic, overarching story. But every single little cutscene where someone wants me to get some recipe ingredients oh, or oh. please travel here and kill these three items, oh. kill, these three, kill these three enemies and bring back these three items. Skip, skip, skip. Because they just talk. It's like... It's like they said, hey, you know, we've got this whole Blu-ray disc, we need to fill it with audio. So just keep talking into the microphone until you're done. I think um, there's still something, someone somewhere who says, 
well, why on earth would I go out and get a pink onion from this town three kilometres away? What's the purpose? And so I think they write lots and lots of backstory to try and make it seem realistic. So what you're saying is it's basically just like Uber Eats. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go and do it myself, so I'm going to ring this hero of whatever, t- yeah. you know, world that we're yeah. in. I'm going to send the hero out to get my Maccas and come back. Yeah, basically. But then they'll say, oh, I'm making a potion, you know. Oh, I've got to make this potion for my sick mother, you know. So I need, I need, you know, green leaf. I need three green leaves and As one pink onion. You'd hate, you'd hate for them to say, hey, can you go get three? You come back and they're like, oh, actually, I need a four. No, but they Could do you go that, back? though. They do that, though. How often do they go, oh, and now, oh, there's a second part to the quest, you know. The second part is that was really good, but now I need to make it better because actually my mum's taken a turn for the worse and she's going to die, so. Oh, rough. That, that, yeah, that escalated quickly. It always Uh, does. It always does. um, But um, the game itself, uh, very beautiful. They obviously spent a lot of time and effort on the visuals. Uh, The soundtrack is superb. The battle system, like I said, it's more action-based. It, it feels kind of like a Devil May Cry or a Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja... You know what I'm talking about. I think that's our first thing we can throw out to people. What? Um, we're going to give you our email address at the end of this podcast. Tell us if you pronounce it Gaiden or Gaiden. No, no, there's got to be a right way. Like the Japanese, some Japanese be. person will tell us. Yeah, but... because I've always said Gaiden. But I don't know that that's the right way. Because uh, what is a Gaiden? It's a side story, isn't it? <laughs> is it? It's an actual Japanese yeah, word? it's a term, yeah. Oh, there you go. It's like a story or a lore, like myth or something like that. I don't know. It's like a side story, I, I thought. I, I, I. I'm Ooh, trying to think of Gaiden. 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 Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I learnt something today. Anyways, there you go. Um, so, I'm really enjoying it. I think, like, they could have... I think they've put all these fetch quests in because they feel they need to pad for an RPG. You know, there has to be fetch quests and whatnot. I love fetch quests. I think we enjoy them. I think that's why they put them in there. I don't know, because literally fast-travelling somewhere, killing two monsters and fast-travelling back, yeah, you level up. But it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the hokey mechanism for levelling up, and we love it. I love levelling up. Oh, I love, yeah. I, do oh, love a bit of I don't know. You don't like grinding, though. What are you talking about? No, no, no. You're like, get through the story as quick as possible. I want to fight this monster. He will always want to fight a boss or a monster when he's underleveled, just to prove he can do it. That's a complete... Hearsay. This is hearsay. It's legit. Speculation, Your Honour. Every time. And then he'll do it over and over again until he does it. No. I'm the opposite. I will grind until I go into that boss battle and I don't have to sweat. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, the great thing with this game is it's very much an action-based game, so um, you don't need to grind as much. You could just learn the patterns and mm. fight and, and stuff. Obviously, I, I tried fighting some, like, you know how sometimes in these games you can fight optional bosses that are really powerful? I tried fighting one of those a couple of days ago, and I was doing really well. I got it down to about half, and, and then it hit me once, and I died. And I was like, oh, okay, obviously I was not meant to fight this right now. So Yeah. <laughs> I hear that phrase a lot when you're playing <laughs> RPGs. I wasn't meant to fight that right now, but I did. Yeah, well, you know, you got to overcome adversity. It's, it's life. I guess, I guess. I'll go fight them later. Yeah. So um, Final Fantasy, fantastic. We have some really good games that have come out this year. Uh, We've played a few in the last yeah, like, it's been a good six time. weeks or so. 
the um, Star Wars game was really good. Mm. Um, what else have I played? I don't know. What have you played? Let's talk about you. What are you playing right now? Oh, well, I was playing this. Soul Hackers 2. Soul Hackers 2. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. Um, so we got from Play Asia a copy of Etrian Odyssey, the um, HD remastered collection, which is Etrian Odyssey 1, 2, and 3. So the first Etrian Odyssey was – actually, no, the first three were for the DS, I'm pretty sure. They didn't hit the 3DS until 4 onwards, I think. I'm trying to remember. And, and explain so. what they are to people. Oh, look, it's not for everyone. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's okay. not for everyone. Um, it's a dungeon crawler and it's the um, that kind of um, first-person view, um, first-person Doom-style view. Um, and it's literally like Doom. Um, but, you know, with yeah, vines mm-hmm. and plants. So you, you're walking through a labyrinth. It's a dungeon crawler. You go through a labyrinth and, you, you know, you do some quests and you, you really the, the main aim is to go through deeper into the There's labyrinth. There's a lot of mapping that goes on, a lot of yeah. cartography. That's the, that's the unique part of Etrian Odyssey is you map it yourself. Um, and I've been, I've had to learn how to obviously um, draw the maps where the main conceit with the DS is that, you know, it had its own pen. Whereas now on the Switch it does not have its own pen and so I've had to learn how to do it with a controller and that was a bit weird but we got around it. But yes, you do your own mapping and um, I don't know what it is about that but it's very satisfying. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's a game in the line, uh, in the likes of Eye of the Beholder, um, uh, really mm. going way back there. In that, mm. it's not like when you turn, you don't smoothly turn. Like it's not like you can look around the world. No, it's, it's like not true three D. You're no. going, you're going down a tunnel, and then you turn left or right, and then yeah, you just keep it's going. Absolutely, it's, like it's really doing. interesting. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, look, it's. Uh, it's clearly a, an old DS game. It's, you know, there, there's not much sparkle and polish like to it. the music. The music is fun because it does take you back to, it's like got classic, you know, kind of Japanese RPG style music in it and, um, you know, there's not much of a story to it. But admittedly, there's a bit of intrigue. Yeah, they, why on earth would you traverse a labyrinth at all? And they're just like, well, just do it for the fun of it, man. No well, one's done it before. David Don't Murray's you want glory? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um but, you know, there is a bit of mystery and intrigue around what, what is at the centre or the bottom of the labyrinth, I guess. So um, I want to know. Are you going to tell me when you get there? I can't remember. No, I'll tell you when I get, get there. there now, yeah. Yeah, so I did play the original Etrian Odyssey on DS, and I'm pretty sure it came out around maybe 17... Actually, no, maybe 16 years ago. I think it came out on the DS and I did play it. And then I played every iteration after that. And as they got better over the years, and the 3DS ones got really, really fun. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I have them all, except for those early DS ones. So that was nice to get a little package from uh, from Hong Kong because, unfortunately, the HD remasters were not released in a physical version here in Australia. So we had to get them. It's like the old days, them. really. Like when you get an RPG released in America, if you were lucky, and then it would just never come out here. Yeah, and that's what it feels like with this kind of stuff. So while we were in Japan recently, we saw that it was coming out, and I got mega excited. 
um, only for it to not get a physical release here. And I thought, well, no, we can't have that. So we got a copy imported from Hong Kong because it has an English translation. Mm. So there we go. I didn't miss out. So I'm playing one. I don't know if I'll play two and three again because it's really just more of the same. Um, not till four, they don't really start. Mm. adding enhancements to it, like different things that you can map with and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting that in our family, we all kind of play different kind of games. Um, you know, there are genres that cross over. Like, we, we all like RPGs to a certain extent. Not our son. He he's, hasn't reached that age yeah, yet. Not quite. I reckon not he quite. will eventually. Once he gives it on a, a shot. But... He loves Zelda. So he's really, really enjoying... Well, he approaches that as an open-world game. Though. Yeah, he does. I think he, he approaches... He likes, yeah, he likes open-world games because he can do what he wants. He likes... Div yeah. He likes... Um, he loves killing those hookers in Grand Theft Auto, right? I'm kidding. I have I'm no kidding. doubt that you enjoyed that. <laughs> I did not! I and never once killed a hooker. Everyone does. Come on, everyone I, has... Except I'm me. not a crook. I've never once killed a hooker. Everyone killed I'm a hooker to steal the, the money. So you pay the hooker and then kill her and then no, take your money back? Do Isn't that, that? Yes, terrible. that's why everyone did it. It's just to have the feeling of being terrible. able to take your money back. I witnessed it many times. I didn't do it. You didn't witness me. I no. didn't witness you. See? That. That's hey, true. That's come true. on. But no, he wouldn't do that. He's no. not like that. No, no he wouldn't have <laughs> him in the first place. <laughs> but yeah, but he likes open world games because he can do his own thing and he doesn't like being told what to do in the story. So he nice. likes Zelda because he can follow the story, but really it's just a means to an end. He just wants to unlock enough of the world he so that he can shrines. just explore. Yeah, and he does like shrines, so he really digs that. So there's elements of of RPGs he likes, but not. Mm. He, ju he just likes being given a, a palette, really. It's interesting because I think... Um kids they obviously hear what their friends are playing and so you know he, he's more interested in playing certain uh more bite-sized games like your piku nikus and yeah whereas you know you, you think about it or i think about them like well we have so many games across mm. so many systems and such great games and you'll say to him hey why don't you play this and he'll just be like yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't interest me. And I, yeah, that's cool. It's a shame, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. They, I guess they just consume games differently. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a personality and a, like a taste, a style. But at least he's not sitting there going, oh, we'll only play Sony. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't like this fanboy business. I never have. I mean, maybe I took it when I was a small child. Yeah. Yeah, but... It was interesting because I asked him, I said, what's your favourite? And he said, oh, Nintendo. And I said, what about after that? And he goes, Sony. I'm like, you've never played a Sony game. And went, I think he said, oh, I played one. Uh, mm. uh, what was it? The Astro whatever that came with the PS5. Oh, the one that was packed in. Yeah, which was you know, a fun little game. It was fun. But it's a real bite-sized little, tiny little yeah. tech demo, you know. But he mm. liked it and it was cute, I guess. So. Mm. Um Yeah. Whereas I think he's played more on the Xbox. But it has a brand yeah. it hasn't got it in on him, whereas Nintendo obviously is, Nintendo is life thing. Mm. I think the Sony brand perpetuates across generations because there's a, we'll say for convenience sake, there's dad and then there's a son and the dad says, we're buying you a Sony and the son plays the Sony and this is what a boy does. So I feel <laughs> there's a 
Well, there's definitely there's a there's a gender element to Sony love. It's a fanboy thing. You know, it's because I think Sony's perceived as putting out games that connect with that kind of male 18 to 35 demographic. You know, shooting, racing, that stuff's going to change over time. That's that's what Xbox used to be, the dude bro. Gears of War, look at my muscles, man. I think Sony is dude bro. I think Sony's dude bro. Nintendo's not dude bro. and I think Nintendo is the dude broest. I'm telling you. (laughs) Mate, Link. Really, what he's doing? I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Ganon, mate. You think Ganon? He's he's swole. Oh, he is swole. <laughs> he's swole. Ganon's been chugging his protein he, shake. He lifts daily, and he never oh. skips leg day. Oh, never skips leg day. <laughs> never skips leg day. When I was a kid, you know, like there was no Sony, right? You're either a no. Nintendo boy or a Sega boy. Nobody was the Atari boy because that was dead. Oh, Atari sucked. That's why. <laughs> no, I think people pretended to like Atari because no. there weren't any other options. When I was a kid, I played a lot of Atari 2600 and I can remember some of those games and most of them weren't very good. Mm. But Asteroids was a great game. Asteroids was good. Um, Space Invaders... For its time, was a good game. You go a bit crazy if you play it. I still that now. play it. It's it's cathartic. It's like the same thing over and it over is, and over. But it's cathartic. Missile it's, Command is a, a good game. Um, you know there were River Aid. River Aid is probably the best game on on the um, Atari two thousand six hundred. But you know there were there were some good games, but then there was the oh, lots of trash. Um, yeah, like. And then suddenly you play Super Mario and go, oh. Yeah, there was oh. a leap there of quality as well. Oh, a significant and leap. it's like games getting narrative. I mean, there's not much narrative to, hey, save the princess, right? It's a bit trite. But it's it more fun. than, you know, I don't know, um, go through these barns in barnstorming. You know, yeah. like, there was something. Well, there was a true hero's journey with the original Zelda because there were significant mm. challenges in your way. Yeah. You had to keep pushing yeah. past and it was a while the game itself seemed non-linear there really was a linearity to it that you know you, you knew that you had to bust your head through this section and it was going to be hard and you knew you had to get past it you know so there was a you know there were there were challenges there that you had to overcome mm. um to progress the story that's the first one that had a save um, battery wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah yeah. Oh man, we should test ours to see if the batteries. That's right. We can always replace a battery. Um, that's a great thing with those things. They last. The batteries lasted forever. Yeah. Um. So speaking, like we could talk about games forever, and that's why we have a podcast, right? Because we talk too much. I talk too much. She listens to me. I talk a lot. Too much. <clears throat> I talk a lot. She humours me. I talk lots as well. No, you don't. So does our son. Oh, well, our son. Well, one day we'll get our son on as a special guest. And we'll just walk away and just let him talk to you about something he's interested in. And that'll be your seven-hour podcast. Um, But, look, we have played a lot of games in our time. We must have some that are a favourite contender. Like, Mm. what is the favourite game that we have ever played? Do you know what your favourite game is of all time? Yeah, my favourite game is Xenoblade Chronicles 3, all the way. So a game that's come out in the last 12 months. Yes. Um, before you tell us why, I want to just unpack that for a second. Do you find, because obviously you would have enjoyed the first Xenoblade and probably the second. Oh, and, very and much. Do you find that you are enjoying games more that are recent or do you find that there are some older ones that still really, you can point at that and go, that is a favourite, that's... 
it's that whole how much do graphics um, and technical performance impact your love of the game, I guess. Mm. And, yeah, there's no doubt about it. You, you can't exactly bust out the original Final Fantasy and play it without going, oh, you know, like games have progressed. That's why RPGs have pro progressed. Yeah, well, <laughs> a pixel remaster for and. That will obviously add quality of life to it. Yes. It does, but inevitably, it's still really the same, very simple game. Mm -hmm. So, would I pick that up? No, I wouldn't necessarily. But did I pick up three different iterations of the original Xenoblade Chronicles and suffer through what was clearly a game that wasn't built around its graphical, you know, its look or its perform or its technical performance? And did I suffer through all of that to play? that story and that game and, mm. and, you know, the gameplay mechanics for that game. Yes, I did. Um, and would I play it again? Yes, I would. Although maybe not actually because of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it really is a genuinely, it's a game where they really have looked at the previous two iterations, but the first in particular, I reckon. And they've built on it. They've built on it, but they've also made... They've made changes to make it more playable, but they've just enhanced it well beyond the original game. In fact, so much so that you'll get a good 80 hours into that game and then you'll get new things introduced and you're like, shit, I don't know. I don't know that I can take on board in my tiny mm. little brain any more skill trees, but they'll introduce one. Um, but you also, and it's a very, it's got lots and lots of these complex kind of levelling up skill tree type systems built in that you have to learn you know how they work and you know collecting items and then the items become this or the items are for a quest or the items you know you fuse together to make gems and then you have layers of gems and then you can put the gems together and oh it's 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 just crazy it literally is a jrpg on absolute steroids so if you really like jrpgs it's very hard to go past in a blade Chronicles. But why is that the favourite? Um, because I think the story for three is the best so far because um, it's a natural closing of the Xenoblade Chronicles. It really is a trilogy. You just don't realise it till the third one. So the first one was its own standalone story, which was already quite complex. The second one came along and it looked and it was in the same universe, but it was, you know, a different story. And then the third one was its own story, but then particularly with the DLC that just that came out a few months ago, it actually ties up the universe, and you can start to see how it all how it all t um, ties in together. And um, yeah, that's just the story is mind blowing. It's actually so detailed; it's quite hard to follow. So if someone wants to set me up with a website that can help me unpack all of it, I'm up for it. But it's um, it's a it's a, a magnificent story. And obviously, as time's gone on, the story's gotten better, the game's gotten more complex, the, and then, of course, the technical performance has improved mm -hmm. as well to make it more enjoyable. And the game itself is enormous. I mean, you can't leave that game alive um, under 100 hours. You can't. So you get lots for your money. Um, but you really you do, I felt, quite deeply engaged in it the whole time. There was never mm -hmm. a time where I like one board. Um, there was always deep stuff to be doing yeah so yeah so if you didn't play the other two is it still worthwhile playing the third yeah absolutely because they change the elements like like how you battle they change 
um, well, look, they really are standalone. Um, you oh. can play them standalone. You don't, if anything, it's hard. It's actually hard to see the links in the story between the three unless you've played all three um, and you get all the DLC. Uh, you really have to find the threads, how they, yeah. how they hang together. They don't really make it obvious. So if you're just one of these people that just wants to play through it, you can absolutely play each one on mm-hmm. their own. Um, but the DLC for three is really what actually made the links between the three stories obvious. If you don't get the DLC for three, you won't see those links. It's you, more standalone. Yep. You have to really fight to see what That's the uh, links are. Hmm. It's, I, I awesome. know you love those games. So. Oh. The soundtracks are very nice too. I must say I, I enjoy listening to those. The yeah. battle music and the... The, the overworld, especially in the first set of light, I remember oh. when you went out into the open world and it had a very beautiful uh, song. Yeah. The the overworld design for all the Xenoblades are unbelievable and probably the highlight. Um, so you can see why they would have bought them on for Zelda. For the Wii. The software. first one was for the Wii and it was an actually very good looking game for the Wii. For the Wii, oh, yeah. yeah. It was... It's hard to believe they did that for the Wii, and then they made a 3DS version, which I'm still a bit staggered as to how they managed to pack that game into that mm. 3DS. I don't know how, but they they, they made it happen. It's and, you know, and it, it operated. It worked. Well, I mean, you know, barely. Super Mario Brothers is smaller than a you know. Open up a Word document and just hit save, and <laughs> and, the, and the empty Word document is larger than Super Mario Brothers. So, yeah. with enough. Uh, Time and effort, people can make amazing things happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I like that because I've I have a particular fondness for JRPGs. They're they're the, probably the genre I play the, play the most. And I think if you had to pick the best of all of them, that would be the best JRPG there is. And there'll be plenty of people who fight me on that. I know. I would pay to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> no. I reckon you could take a few people out. Here. You reckon I should have taken that guy out who said that I like hardcore JRPGs? Tell the story. Tell them. Oh. Tell the people. The people want to know. The people want to know the story. Um, what game was I picking up? So this must have been a middle of COVID maybe, I'm guessing, and I think stores had reopened and I just ventured back into the city, I think. And I went to the large EB games that used to be on um, Swanston Street. Fire Emblem? Maybe. Oh no, no, it was it was more hardcore than that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Fire was not hardcore enough. Um, but I did go in there. I had a game pre-ordered. Um, might have been a Shimagami Tensei, possibly. Ah, uh, Shimagami Tensei three. So yeah, it's pegging us about in the middle of the uh, of the pandemic. But the store, you know, I'd just returned to work, and I'd pre-ordered it, and I went to the store excitedly, um, which no longer exists, sadly. And I went to pick up a copy and the guy was looking for a copy, the copy for me and I was getting a bit anxious because I thought they wouldn't have one. And there was a guy who was standing at the counter. And you know these guys that stand at the counter in EB game stores? We all know these people. They have nowhere else to be. They have nowhere else to be and they really want to occupy you in a bit of of chit-chat. And you see the the dude or girl from EB is sitting there going, while this person's yapping on with all of their intense, deep fanboy knowledge of uh, of gaming, and you know their attempts to mansplain how uh, how gaming works to the person behind the counter, and you know, um, one of those people were there, and I was just waiting there, waiting for them to find my game, and then he saw what I was ordering, and was like, oh, and he said, oh, 
Oh, so you like hardcore JRPGs, do you? I was a bit taken aback. She does, though. She likes the most hardcore of Japanese RPGs. Like, you play the games, you like turn-based strategy RPGs, you know, you your um, Fire Emblems and stuff like that. And yeah. looking forward to Persona Tactica. Yeah. Very much. Um, and Etrian Odyssey is quite the dungeon crawler, so you, you really mm. are into... I haven't minded dungeon crawlers over the years as well. Like, um, I really enjoyed the Pokemon dungeon crawler they had on the 3DS for quite a while there. What was it? Um, Punk- Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, which was the Pokemon version of the original mm. Mystery Dungeon. I, I enjoyed those as well. Um, those ones where, you know... Um, time doesn't move unless you take a step, um, mm. and that's what Etrian Odyssey is like. Um, yeah, so I do like those games, um, but it's not like I wear a fucking T-shirt. Wow. Hardcore JRPGs I'll get are it us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But he was being patronising, and I was a bit taken aback. Hardcore Japanese RPGs are my favourite genre. Changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sitting on a seat. I just need a table here. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's the kind of bullshit that girls put up with when you like games all the time. But my dear husband here probably didn't realise how much shit I put up with until I came home and told him that story. And, you know. Well, to be fair, I think when we were younger, and it was a long time ago, um, I think that girls were less encouraged to play video games, unfortunately. It was seen as potentially a, a boy thing. Mm. I think that's definitely changed nowadays for the current kids growing up. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I I don't like people who are gatekeepers. No, I don't. Yeah, I like, yeah, no, not me. You know, if you want to play You Draw all day long, go for it, yeah. right? You know, I yeah. don't care. Like, visual novels, right? That's not a real... Like, the closest I've come to playing visual novels is, is probably the Phoenix Wright games, which are not true yeah. visual novels, right? Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed those games. Mm. But there are certain genres that don't appeal to me, right? Mm. Um, there are certain... Like, I don't play driving games. Uh, it, strangely enough, I always buy Forza Horizon, and I enjoy yeah, those why? games. I love them. Yeah, I, know. I don't know what it is. I think it's because there's no... I don't think I want to play a game where I sit on a track and just go around in a circle over and over again. I like a game where, where I can get in the car it's and drive off gym. something and smash some boards and <laughs> stuff like that. And that was cool because that was like Burnout Paradise was fun to me for some yeah. reason. Because you're just basically knocking cars off the road and having a good time, right? So why Destruction Derby yeah. way back in the day was fun because you were just smashing exactly. cars up. But, but, you know, the yeah. motorsports simulator where you've got to change the gears at the right time mm. and tune the engine. Mm. And, you know, you can do that in, in Forza Horizon if you really mm. want, but it's not Forza Motorsports, right? I don't buy those ones. There are genres I'm just not interested in. Um, my favourite game of all time is probably Mass Effect 2. Um, potentially not the best story out of all the Mass Effects. The first one's probably got the better story. The third one's got the better uh, shooting gameplay. With the worst ending. We don't talk about it. It never happened. It's, it's fine. We don't talk about the ending. Um, well, we'll unpack that later. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a game that can be very contained. You don't need to play the first one. Mm. You don't need to play the third one. You can come in and you can play the game and the characters and the writing of the game. I haven't played a game that makes you have such a great time with such interesting characters, right? Garrus will be my bro to the end of time. Garrus. He was a dude. Um, 
what what a what a great little encapsulated story in the middle of a grander thing where you know what you've got to do from the start this this is your mission uh your mission only lasts you know a couple of hours of a you know 30 40 hour game mm. but the entire getting there is meeting these people convincing them to come along uh, getting to know them helping them like you spend your time like you don't have to help these guys right you can all right i want you to come and work for me i'll give you some money come along and work with me we'll get to the end but if you invest the time and the effort it pays off at the end right like at the end you're asked hey you're going on this suicide mission and you're asked who do you want to do this 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 and this and if you've spent the time and the effort and built up their skills and you know who to put in, right? So you go, mm. all right, I know this person would be a really good choice for this. Mm. And I know a person would be, but if you don't do it, you can just go, oh, well, this person, they, they're a commander. We'll put them in command of the thing. They might not be very good at their job, yeah. right? Um, I have not played another game since that has made me feel that way. There was one moment in The Witcher 3 where I went on this um, quest, was called The Bloody Baron. It is the only game I have played that has told such a tight little narrative. And I really appreciate um, well thought out characters and well thought out story in my games. Mm. I don't need it. Like I'm happy to play Shadow of the Colossus. It's a great game, has bugger all story, right? Um, people talk about the lore in, in all the um dark souls games and stuff like that as being awesome but they're not in your face right no. so i can play a game that has basically no story just go kill things and get to the end i'm i'm happy uh but that game there it had the whole package it came out at the right time on the right system with the right performance with the right graphics it was just a well-oiled machine except for the boss at the end don't talk about that either that that seems like they got to the end and they were like how do we make this like seem important uh, like that you need to fight yeah. someone at the end because in the first one spoiler alert in the first game you get to the end talk to the bad guy and tell him hey you know maybe maybe you're the bad guy here and he's like oh fuck i'm the bad guy you know yeah. that's pretty cool that um is cool. that is cool but in the second one they were like we really need you to blow shit up and mm. i feel like they're in a hard place to, to put a last boss in Everything up until that was great. Um, everything after the last boss to the end was fantastic. They made the stakes feel worthy. Your decisions felt like they mattered because it was life or death, and you take those decisions into the next game. Yeah. Um, I think I think the story in that game. I think it's the depth of story in that you feel like your choices actually matter and they actually do deviate down. You can go down really detailed rabbit holes instead of it being this arbitrary choice. It's either left or right, you know. Mm. Well, it carries through from all the three games. Yeah. And, and sometimes they don't stick the landing. Like they might make something seem really important, a decision yeah. in the first game, and you get to the third game and the decision really didn't matter. Yeah. But, but that's part of the enjoyment of it is that you don't know that at the time. Yeah whether or not you're making an important decision. And that's okay. It's yeah. life. But, and, and well, it's life. <laughs> Thanks, Mass Effect. You've taught us everything about how to navigate life. Make a decision you think is important. As it turns out, it didn't mean shit. Look, um, another thing about that game is, obviously, if you've played any of the previous games they put out there, whether it be Knights of the Old Republic or um, 
you know, that other game. That other game. That, 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 that other game that had, like, that Chinese martial arts. Uh, uh, anyways, and, and Dragon Age Origins. That's a great game. Dragon Age, uh, great yeah, games. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you played any of those games... You should. You should. It's, it's, it's really good. Do um, master. I don't know if they will. Um, you know what you're getting into with those games, and I think they took those kind of things and they just polished it up a little bit mm. and said, all right, um, we've taken all the lessons we've learned from storytelling. Here you go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And you were treated as a gamer with respect. I feel like games with detailed story like that, that allow you true choice, um, that also have a detailed story where, you know, I mean, this is the thing that some jobs, um, most JRPGs suffer from. Just dreadful story with tropes. But oh, also, you know, women in terrible costumes, bullshit tropey fantasy stories that, you know, that follow the same pattern every single time. A girl who's a healer, a boy who's a warrior. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, Mass Effect had a cinematic story, I think, that felt like you, you really were navigating your own movie, I guess. And so it treats a gamer with respect, I think. Yeah, well, and she's a female. And the female was yeah. a better voice character by I far agree. than the man. The man, no offence, dude, I think you got better later on, but... Nah, 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 Girl Shepherd was best. And oh, look, she was fantastic. If you'd like to also post your feedback on whether Girl Shepherd or Boy Shepherd was best... I'm sorry, Girl Shepherd was clearly the best oh, in any yeah. way. Red-headed girls, come on. Um, they <laughs> kick ass. She she was an ass kicker. I liked her. The guy was a bit more vanilla. Yeah, the he girl was, he had was very, character. He was very vanilla. He, he was, was really he didn't a vanilla his lines, himbo. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel, yeah, anyway. Whereas so. the girl okay. had, uh, you know, yeah, like the voice actor was fantastic. She is. She's yeah. a good voice actress. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, so those are our favourite games. We we do love lots of other games, and I like RPGs. I love like you know Final Fantasy. I love Nier. I love mm. Lufia Two. Play Lufia Two if you've never played Lufia Two. You should play Lufia Two. Do you mean <laughs> Lufia Two as it is known overseas? Yes. The actual. Well, we Lufia only got two. one of them, so they just called it Lufia, Lufia. here. So That's Rise of the Sisters. Lufia 2. You Google it, you put it into the Googles, you hit enter. It's for the Super Nintendo. It was a late-stage Super Nintendo game. It's fantastic. I just thought you might have a copy of it right here. I do. You do have it here. It's here. This is is the Australian version here. For all you viewers at home. For all the viewers at home. Lufia. Or Lufia 2. This is the magic. You should play this because it had like a Pokemon kind of character you bring around and feed... Yes. Like stuff and all that kind of stuff before there was a Pokemon. Um, but it just has a funny story. It does humour well. It's a great tight RPG with a good battle system. Mm. Uh, the music is fantastic, which I've said about seven times now. And yeah, those those are the kind of games I really spent a lot of time playing. Mm. You know, Secret of Mana, mm. Lufia, uh, but also just just throw this out there. Really love Metroidvanias. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely like Metroidvanias. I love, I love them. Yeah, even even if they're like Batman, Arkham Asylum, they're still be- Metroidvanias, and I love yeah. them. Yeah, and you've got a real thing for SNES, SNES era games. I think they hold a lot of nostalgia for you. Like, yeah, yeah. like SNES RPGs and Metroidvanias and stuff. Mm, yeah, I do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like Lufia. Should I tell them the story about Lufia? 
<laughs> so I worked in video games store in the late nineties and um in the back of the store because this was the transition period. Well, not quite a transition period, really. I mean, the N64 and the PlayStation had been out for a bit by this point, maybe two years or something. But obviously SNES games were still selling like hotcakes. Well, certainly where I worked anyway, because a lot of people couldn't afford new consoles. See, kids, this is what it used to be like. You couldn't afford, you couldn't afford the new consoles. So you had the old consoles. So most people were still buying SNES games and they would sell like hotcakes because they weren't being produced new anymore. So we used to sell a lot of secondhand SNES games. And anyway, in the back of the store, there were two whole unopened boxes of Lufia, the game we just showed you. Um, now, I didn't know this <laughs> at the time. In fact, at the time, they probably weren't worth a hell of a no, lot. No, probably not. And then we got together. And then I discovered, thank you. It's to very expensive to Matthew. buy a copy of Lufia. Yeah, <laughs> that two boxes of brand new copies of Lufia <laughs> could have made us, well, we might have paid off the mortgage to this house. Oh, no, it's not that. It's not that much. But it would have, like, I don't know how many goes in a box, but you can probably, for an unopened copy of Lufia, mm. you get 500 bucks. And I mean, this was the box from Nintendo. Mm. One was opened and one was unopened with brand new copies. Yeah. Well, wow. I'd like to get a hold of those right now. That'd be good. <laughs> Too late. Long Find gone. Find the guy on, on Facebook and message him and say, hey, do you still have those boxes in your garage? Oh, my God. I don't even know where those Frank. boxes would have gone. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> Frank. Hmm. Oh, I know. A big regret. He also had a big Donkey Kong Nintendo wall hanging that I tried to steal for the whole time I was there. And I never got away with it. <laughs> I, now, I never managed to do it, and I would love to know Sometimes where that is now. Sometimes you let things go, though. Sometimes. We had, Ooh, we had a giant life-size link from mm. Twilight Princess, and that had to go mm. because, you know, it takes up the whole room. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. I sold it to a lady who said she was going to put it in her library. Isn't that lovely? That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a... Pregnancy. It was a push, push present. present. Yeah. It was a push present. As you do. You I know. didn't even know push presents existed. Yeah, until did I until then. <laughs> you know, it's a good one. Push present. It's a good one. I mean, <laughs> mate, women go through a lot giving birth. The least you can do is have a life size link. Um, push understates it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, yeah. So, what else is there to say about us? What's unique about us? What's unique about us? Mm. Well, you know. Um, I'm ridiculously good looking. Well, what you do in your spare time outside of working and you know not doing the housework What's is that? um well you play donkey kong anyone who watches this never heard of it no. would be aware of that just not talk about that it, is no. what you do no. i don't do anything like that i stream from time to time which i may do it again but i don't do anything in video games mm. that much. i like streaming my games i like chatting to people mm. while i play it's good mm. Mm. yeah mm. yeah so you do that that's unique i don't do anything that's unique except mm. for wear i don't know a loud jumper you know um should we move on to our last segment was this our last segment this is a second last segment. second last segment mm. so we're going to try a segment for you called what came in the mail from China? Could be week. anything. Could be anthrax. It could be. <laughs> if you order something from wish.com, it really could be yeah, anything. Yeah, it could, could be. But should we preface this segment by saying that uh, Matthew Tecchio here 
orders a lot of small packages from China and he orders them so much that I wrote it into the wedding, our wedding vows. Her wedding vows. Not My wedding vows. I wrote it in there because it can't be a week without lots of small mysterious parcels arriving on our doorstep from China. And uh, if you want to know about subverting gender roles, um, I love the fact that our posties, you know, as they arrive at our house, drop stuff off all the time. And um, they always assume that all these endless parcels are for me. But as it turns out, they're always for him. It's like when we go to, you know, out for dinner and, and they give me the beer that you order and oh. they give the Coke. To you, when I'm the one drinking the Every time. We order a beer, he orders a Coke. I get the Coke and he gets the beer. Every freaking time. Yes. That's okay. So, so what did come in the mail recently? So mm. I, I know. Now, you've actually, you've mm. actually um, scaled back oh, yes. ordering from China recently. I've been but thinking about it, though. <laughs> you've been thinking about it. Oh, I've so that could be for a future segment is the oh, things he's been thinking about in order. But there is one item he did get in the last week. What I'm going to show it to our viewers okay. and then I'll explain it to the people listening at home Okay. Um, because visually it's more interesting. <laughs> this is what I got and, it's, and, it, and it plugs into electricity. It's a really cheap, nasty degaussing wand. Because um, sometimes, you know, you've got a, your arcade monitors, they get a little bit magnetised and... You know, while they try and demagnetize themselves, you know, it's so, sometimes you just need a little bit of power, like, you know, Tim Allen in Home Improvement. So, I look, it says something in Chinese just on it. Prove gonna, it, gonna, Look, look, it's not in English. It's, it, I believe it says, if it get, if you use it too much, it gets hot and melts or something oh, like that. That's what, I that's what one of my you know, bilingual friends said. Cheap ass sucker. No, no, no. It says ignorant dog. Ignorant Westerner <laughs> dog. Use this to degauss your uh, screen. Um, you know, in America, they used to make really nice degaussing wands. Um, but you're not ordering one of those. No, those are really. You're expensive. ordering the cheap shit. Generally, from China. no. Generally, I'm, I'm all for ordering quality. But it seems like because of a race to the bottom of the market, mm. only nowadays does the cheapest exist. Mm. Mm. Uh, I ordered it because I have another one that doesn't work because it was ordered cheap from China. And, yeah. you know, a couple of years have passed and for some inexplicable reason it stopped working. So, yes, I, I often order things, strange and unusual things in the mail, well, according to my wife. I don't know what life. half of them do. I know what a degaussing one does at least, which, mm. It degausses. Know, it degausses. <laughs> Yeah, they're good. But half the stuff, it's, it's so mysterious about, well, this is a connector like cable for this board so that it goes into the second port on the mister. Oh, the mister's good. We should talk about the mister, but not today. We'll <laughs> talk about the mister later. You can have your own segment, and it's called... What's Mr. Mister? Mr. Mister. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about the 80s, Ben. You can talk yeah. about the mister. Yeah. The mister, the it's gaming... Good. I don't know, what would you call it? It's not a console. It's like a it's like an elaborate it's motherboard. What is it? What would you call a mister? Converter, a single board computer, an SBC. An SBC, there you go. That's the stuff that he knows that I don't. Again, I can tell you about 80s things. It's an FPGA, a fully programmable gate array device. Uh, I think that's what it stands for, but uh, I've been wrong before, so correct me in the mailbag. Mm, okay. uh, they're hot. They're hot, man. That's 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 good to know. I'm glad <laughs> that you find it hot. It's hot. 
Yeah, we'll have Talk to me about it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, she's right. I order a lot of shit, and sometimes it's funny. So uh, if if she deems that uh, one of my parcels is funny enough, we will uh, unravel it here on the podcast in the future. Yeah, and look, we're going to do some more segments as well about all kinds of funny stuff, hopefully, and interesting stuff. And, you know, mm. maybe we'll also show you some of the things we pick up. We, we we recently went to Japan this year for six weeks and we picked up lots of stuff, some interesting stuff and some not so interesting. I mean, a lot of coffee mugs. Yeah, I've got to say, we, we got a bit too many coffee A lot coffee of coffee mugs. mugs. I mean, look, it's Jack Frost. Is this one from Japan too? That is from also the Nintendo from store. Japan. Mm-hmm. That's it. from the Nintendo store in Japan. And yours came from like a collector's edition, didn't it? Uh, no, this, well, this was, I think it was for sale oh. on Atlas's Japanese website. And I picked oh. it up from a famous Japanese secondhand store Which that one? we like going to called Surigaya. Oh, they're good. Who also ship internationally if you're interested. Oh. But uh, yeah, we like going through all their secondhand stuff. And uh, this was something I picked up, but you know, unused. Because mm. that's how they roll. They'll buy it and look at it and sell it back. And, but uh, yeah, so we have a lot of gaming mugs. It's it's a weird, a it's a weird stuff. affliction. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. No, uh, no. So we're happy to unpack some of that stuff if you're interested. Um, yeah, we'd be really interested in your comments, I guess, mm. and what kind of stuff you'd like us to talk about as well. You know, we can regale you with tales from our past mm-hmm. and tell you about, you know, times long ago. Your Nascent gaming adventures from yeah, when you were young. Nascent, it is a good word, isn't it? Um, I can tell you about my time working in video games. You can regale us with tales of your working gaming now on Twitch or your competitions that you enter. Next week, got a big competition coming up. It's very exciting. Um, oh. We'll talk about that after I lose it. So, uh, <laughs> um, so the, before we before we end. There was a segment we wanted to do, and I don't have it prepared, but I can play these things for people. I can Mm. edit them in. Uh, We want to talk, like every week, we want to just have a little sound bite, a little sound bite that that we find either interesting or funny, and we'd like to hear your favourite sound bites. So um, is there a particular sound bite that you've come across recently or that is stuck in your mind, love, that, uh, that you'd like the audience to hear? Um, I get sounds stuck in my head all the time. And for some reason last, I think mm. it was last week, I had the the announcer guy over the top of Manx TT Superbike stuck in my head. Um, It was rolling around my head for a full week. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> living <good>. rent free. <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty over the years that I've had stuck in my head from time to time. You know, I'm very fond of the announcer from like the Street Fighter Alpha games, especially two and three, and he's like, you know, triumph or die. You know, <laughs> <laughs> triumph or die. Yeah, it just, just, what is it? What does he say? He says things like. Um, Go for broke and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, this is Street Fighter Alpha 2, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, where do you find these guys? How, what do you tell them? What, what kind of voice coach do you have sitting there in front of you? you know, just just be a little bit more passionate about the two, you know. 
It's like, mm. I, I love that stuff. And, you know, RPGs in particular, there are games where people will just scream out the names of their moves over oh. and over again. Uh, this, this is exclusively all I seem to play. Yes, I've got to say. Mm. Is where they announce their moves. And, you know, I just finished playing the new Fire Emblem game recently. Fire Emblem Engage, and uh, apart from the announcing what the game is, just in case you fucking forgot what you were about to play, <laughs> you know, Fire Emblem Engage, and so, you know, then you'll press it, and then, of course, while they're in the middle of a battle, it's um, actually Xenoblade does this too. Um, they announce their moves a lot. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a classic thing I've noticed. Yeah. I, I was quite fond of one you were playing, one of the Xenoblades, where the guys would go, uh, what do you already say? He'd say uh, something about forgetting me. He'd be like, don't forget me. Oh. And I'm like, I can't forget you. I've heard this voice sample about 700 times tonight. And he's just, he's like, don't forget me. Don't forget me. <laughs> Think you can take me? Yeah. And I'm like, what the f is going oh, on mate, in there? That was brilliant. I feel it that way. They patched it. Like, so he did it less, I'm Yeah, sure. they did, because every time you'd fight them, the first yeah, thing they'd say, fight. they'd say, think you can take me. Yeah. Don't forget me. Think you can take me. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> like, I loved that. I love, I love that kind of stuff. So we're going to try and, you know, one or two sound bites every week that, uh, that tickle our fancy. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've just said a few, but we'll grab one and, um, you know, we'll play it for you. And, uh, yeah, we'd love yeah. to hear any particular ones where a shouty person yeah. announces the title of a game or announces a move or just, you know. Just, just something that's really just, stuck yeah. in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Something that rolls around in your head for years and years. I mean, um, I played a fishing game like in the late 90s and here we are it is 2023 and i still say largemouth bass you know from <laughs> from where i caught where i was catching fish in some japanese fishing game mm. so we know you might have some of those rolling around your head too and um so we've got an email address um if if you feel bold please uh Send us an email. It's called the Forever Grind Podcast at gmail.com. So it's, word. it's a long string of text. Uh, I will put it in the in the video for anyone who's watching. Um, please send us feedback, send us ideas, uh, any questions you've got. Um, on top of that, on our way out, um, we really appreciate that you would spend the time to either listen to or watch this. Um, we don't know if it's going to be any good, so please let us know if it's not. <laughs> well, you know, you can tell us if it's shit. That's okay. Um, if you want to follow us, um, you've got an Instagram. I do. Um, I have, On Instagram and on Twitch, I'm one word, Pons Institute. Mm, the name you can trust. Um, on Twitch, I'm Lyriel, which is L-Y-R-I-E-L-L. And uh, on Instagram, I'm Matt underscore Techio. I'm sure you can find me probably just by looking Matt Techio. But um, look us up, uh, give us a follow, come say hi when we're streaming. Yeah. And um, we hope to see you for the next podcast, and we hope it will be even better. Bye for now. Take care. See ya.
Superbike.